The Vale Podcast, driven by Pioneer Ford Robinvale. It's worth the drive. It has been a very, very big week for news in this part of the world and someone working tirelessly on that is Dr Anne Webster, member for Mallee. How are you, Dr Webster? How are you, Jade? I'm good, thanks. That's good. I guess you've been on the phone constantly since these border closures came in. And we yep, seem to be going indeed. Yeah, we seem to be going around in circles and it's just getting more confusing, particularly for residents like us who are, you know, one community essentially on either side of the river. What can you tell us this morning? Well, I've had an update this morning um, on the teleconference with the cross-border commissioner and some federal colleagues to say that the third highway is now uh, open between Gold Gold and Val Reynolds. Obviously, you need all your permits as, per, as you would expect. I think the difficulty has come, Jade, because the exemptions um, and the border zone itself changed when New South Wales decided to tighten everything up. Um, and it's created a lot of confusion. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails wanting clarification. And things that were allowed a few weeks ago are now not allowed. I remember our conversation regarding you know, being able to get to Mildura for appointments and that people would have to go via Hatter. Well, at least that has, at least today, that will be um, not required again. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, it's been, it's an extraordinary time and uh, the more it goes on, the more frustrated I personally feel with the um, New South Wales government and the decisions that are impacting us at a regional level when our bubbles, literally our community bubbles, extend along the river um, and they don't understand, clearly they do not understand at at the um, state level the kind of um, homogenous communities that we are, that we really do live and breathe and work across the border. You know, we, we might go to school on one side, we might have health services on the other side. Um, and for our smaller remote communities, which again have been extent, expanded today, the exemptions for remote communities have been expanded. We've been contacted by a lot of people wanting to know if their community will be included. As of today, once the New South Wales Health Minister has signed off on it, they will be. Um, if anyone is left out after today, please let us know and we'll uh, lobby again for those changes. So it's just been a confusing process um, for everyone and a very frustrating process and I think there's a lack of understanding at the um, what I call urban-centric policy-making headquarters (laughs) uh, about our regions. And, you know, I mean, we're suffering uh, economically, we're suffering socially, we're suffering in health. It's just a, it's an appalling situation and I think it shows a real lack of understanding that we are going to be living with COVID potentially for the next couple of years. Are they really expecting regional communities that have little to no transfer at all of COVID-19 to live this way, to have our economies um you know, affected the way that they are being affected. It's really, there needs to be a better approach. We need to have a measured, rational, 
perspective to all of this so that we can move on. How do you feel then with um, Gladys Berichiglian yesterday coming out after all of the work, the tireless work, and the growers in Robinvale and surrounding districts know how hard you've been working um, to get you know seasonal workers and visas that are applicable to our, in, to our agriculture industry and to get you know, the labour that we need. How does it make you feel when Gladys comes out and says, use local workers? Uh, because I probably can't. I can't say in a public forum how I feel about it. No. I, my, my frustration for our producers and, uh, you know, for our visa holders, the discriminating, the discriminating comments that have been made by uh, the Minister for Agriculture at New South Wales level I just find appalling and the fallout from this will be untold. You know, if they don't get their act together and we're lobbying every day, I've done national media last night, even though it's, I don't enjoy it that much, it just needs to be done because we have to fight. This is not okay. We have so many seasonal workers who have been in our area for months and months and some even for years mm. who, who are well able to manage the biosecurity measures that are required on farm. Um, producers are, you know, committed to doing the right thing on farm. This is appalling. I rung NFF Fiona Simpson yesterday and I said, Fiona, we have to do something about this. It's insane. Mm. It is insane. And and does Gladys actually think that we'd be able to secure a local workforce when JobKeeper and JobSeeker are on the cards paying $1,500 a fortnight? Uh, well, it's just not going to happen. Um, although, having said that, I have had one email from from a lovely couple today who um, are retired and want to help out on farms to help the farmers, you know, to show national support, which is beautiful. That's it's a great. really wonderful thing. But um, I don't think it's going to be multiplied by the thousands that we actually need. No. And, it's certain- and besides that, and besides that, Jay, excuse me, interrupting, we have uh, seasonal workers who have no other way of feeding themselves but to work. Um, it is a, it's a it's an appalling situation where uh, we are not considering their well being as well. They have come here, signed contracts to work, and now they're being told, "Sorry, you can't." Yeah. Which is, and it is, it, it's almost, it's a human rights issue. It's becoming a mm-hmm. human rights issue. And it's mm-hmm. just, when I heard those comments from the Premier of New South Wales yesterday, I was offended and it takes a lot to offend me. And I thought, I immediately thought of you and I thought, after all of the work that Anne Webster's been doing, clearly yeah. the Premier of New South Wales is is unaware of what is going on in this part of the world and all the work that you have been doing. I was offended. Yeah, well, uh, which is why we just can't lay down and um, take it because uh, we are looking for, as you know, with all of the visas that the Commonwealth Government have invested in and the programs such as Regional Agricultural Migration Program and the Horticultural Industry Labor Agreement, all of the other components and the departments at a federal level have worked to try and ensure a secure, stable and legal workforce for our producers um, effectively is just being thrown out the window. Mm. And we have uh, labour-approved employers who provide labour um, who have a legal responsibility to provide the hours that people have been contracted for. My question to them is, who do they think is going to pay the legal bill when it becomes 
obvious that we have thousands of people who can't work. Yeah, that's right. It's insane. This is this is a ridiculous situation that has shows no forethought, no perspective, no understanding of how we are living our lives in the regions. And if we have to uh, live with COVID for a few years, are they seriously going to continue this kind of practice? They can't. They simply can't. Because otherwise well, they won't be getting their almond milk lattes and their avocado on toast in Sydney, I can tell you that. Well, they, yeah, damn right they won't. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a breath. I've got a few questions that have come from Facebook this morning. Um, first one is, it's less of a question, more of a scenario from Fred to Sony. He's been in Melbourne um, in a, not a COVID hotspot, but his wife has had to travel for a medical procedure at St. Vincent's um, and he says that their COVID safe practices are impeccable and thorough. He was staying around the corner, was only going out to visit his wife for a couple of hours per day. He says the concerning thing for him when he left Melbourne on Monday morning, he was stopped along with all the outbound traffic on the Calder Freeway. Great. It looked like the army. They all asked him what they what he was doing leaving Melbourne. He said, um, here's my licence. I'm from Robinvale. I'm returning home. They looked at his licence and let him go without any further questioning. Fred says that for all they know, he could have spent the weekend shacked up. I won't say the rest of it, but in a high rise um, where he was allowed to leave way too easily. Um, and then he says, then we see what is happening here on the border and I ask, who are they trying to lock up? Have you any comments? Yeah, yep, yep. And, um, and in fact, I've just got the email from Fred to um, talk about that very issue, which I'll be passing on uh, because there is a complete contradiction in the tough words of the Premier of Victoria and the actual maintenance, which, of course, we've seen time and time again, the words are there, the rhetoric is there, mm. but in terms of actually being able to um, facilitate and govern appropriately these measures that he's so-called put in place, uh, I, I just find it appalling. Mm. I mean, I, I know Fred and I know that, you know, what he says is perfectly true, but it is, um, yeah, look, it's a significant issue. It's a very significant issue um, and one that we hope uh, will get sorted out soon. We might have a chat to Ali Kappa about that. Now, Steve Bowden says he lives and uh, lives in Robinvale, works in Mildura. He's an essential worker. He's a health practitioner. He's got proof of being a health professional uh, with the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency and Medicare. HR's provided a letter stating proof of his job role. He's got proof yep. that his workplace is a registered COVID-safe workplace with the New South Wales government. And I think we'll be able to answer this quite easily with the announcement of the Sturt Highway opening this morning. But his question was, do I still have to travel via Hatter or why, will I be accepted to travel on the Sturt Highway and what permit do I need? Uh, it was Michael, was it? Uh, Steve. Steve. Mm. Uh, Steve will uh, be able to travel via the Sturt Highway as of today. We're, as I said, we're just waiting for the New South Wales Health Minister to approve uh, the expansion of the bubble, the border zone. Um, once that's done, he will. Uh, it sounds like he's already got a permit to work um, in Victoria and to come back mm. to. Uh, uh, well, I don't know about that actually. Mm. Uh, he's effectively transiting, but he's a critical worker. I mean, he, as long as he's got his ID with him um, and he's applied for that cross border zone, Robinvale is included now in the border zone. 
So it just shouldn't be a problem. He just needs to apply for his critical worker permit. Mm-hmm. I know that he has been working out of Robinvale because they just couldn't get it sorted. They just didn't know which way to go. But now with the opening of the Sturt Highway, the applicable essential yes. worker permit, you would yes. think should be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the same comes from Mark, who said, what permit does he need to travel on the Sturt Highway to get to Merbean? Now, Mark's a grower. This is Mark Zapier. Um, I would I would say the the agriculture permit applies to him. Would that be correct? Uh, yes. Mm. Yes, I believe so. Mm. Here's another question. This one's a bit of a curly one. And I'm going to keep the businesses and the person asking this question at their request anonymous. But here's the question. Leaving a one and a half acre rural New South Wales property to travel 15 kilometres from the border to Corlong, Victoria, to a 400 acre bushland property. They cannot legally open their business and return home without self-isolating for 14 days. Yet, they can have visitors from Melbourne who are supposed to be in lockdown because they're classed as essential workers. And I, I guess they're talking about they can have uh, visitors from Melbourne who are essential workers come into Mildura and work. I know it's extraordinary, but she's got it right. Mm. Mm. I um, was talking with the Cross-Border Commissioner about this this morning. I mean, look, just so many of the rules and the requirements to quarantine or self-isolate, I should say, for 14 days is, um, yeah, mad. But look, the, the hope is that today Coolong will actually be included in the bubble zone. So hopefully that will be remedied for them. Hopefully. And I did, I thought of that straight away when you mentioned that earlier. Um so hopefully that will be remedied. But there was also a little – we were having a chat within council earlier because, of course, Swan Hill Rural City Council has lots of staff and executives that live at Murray Downs, which has put them in quite a predicament, again, because there were people being turned around from Murray Downs trying to go to Swan Hill yesterday to get groceries and being told to go to Barham. Um, but it appeared that if – you go to Victoria for work and come home to New South Wales. The rules do say you have to self-isolate, but you can leave that self-isolation to go back to work. Yes, that's right. That's exactly which, right. Which Look, is bizarre. I mean, please, please, don't, please don't ask me to sense in all of this. <laughs> please don't ask me to that, to justify it in a sensible or rational manner because I just can't do that. Um, but... My understanding was that Murray Downs was in the bubble as well, so I'm a bit confused about that. It was until they changed the until they moved the goalposts. So now it is no longer. So Murray Downs Golf and Country Club have completely shut down. They've closed the golf course. If the um, I think it should be. I think it's included today, Jay. So thank we just goodness. watch the space. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. So um, my hope is that it will be included today. It looks like it is on our new map. Um, but, yeah, just watch this space. Fantastic. And I suppose the other thing we have to watch this space is for the development in seasonal workers being able to cross the border and get to work because that is their livelihoods. This is how they're feeding uh, themselves and it's our livelihoods. It's how we're putting food on the table and putting food on the table of other Australians. So it makes no sense to block them out of this entire system. I've been uh, contacted by a grapevine propagator who has one million vines that are currently being propagated and his workforce has been swept away just <gasps> like that. And, uh, you know, this is a, a matter of time frames. It's a matter of being in season to do the work that needs to be done. We have 
7,000 bins a day that are not being picked uh, of navels and mandarins, again, because the workforce has been swept away. It's, it's critical. It's not, you know, well, this is a silly thing, isn't it? It's not like that. This is critical mm. to the economy. It's critical to producers and to contractors to be able to get the work done that um, they've signed up for. It is. We have export, we have export deadlines Friday that uh, citrus growers are telling me they will not be able to make uh, because of this decision, this arbitrary division that has been made by state uh, premiers that uh, divides what are homogenous communities where there is little to no spread of COVID-19. There is no sense in it. Mm. Absolutely no sense. And we do keep hearing the uh, the phrase, well, let's hope common sense prevails, but there's no there's no sign of that just yet. Well, as, as has often been said, common sense is not that common. No, it's not. But we do, thank, yeah, we do thank you for the work and the pushing that, uh, that you're doing, along with Ellie Cupper. I know that she's on the case as well. I think every state and federal MP at the moment is working along the river anyway, is working their absolute hearts out to try and get what's best for their communities because, uh, you know, in the urbanised centres, like you said earlier, it is not obvious how we live our lives so um, thank you for the work that you're doing and we'll let you get back on with it because I know you've probably got a big few days and weeks ahead of you yet Yes indeed, it's been a pleasure Jade, always is. Thanks Anne Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast, driven by Pioneer Ford Robin Vale. It's worth the drive Remember to support our sponsors and shop local Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au